this beautiful day that you have given us. Thank you for your extravagant love poured upon us each and every moment of every day. Thank you that this morning we can gather together in your name, that we can come and look into your word and let your word speak to our hearts and instruct us and change us and teach us in the way that we should go. We want to bow at your word, and we love you, Lord, and thank you for all you are to us and in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. We've been looking into the word of God. It's about the power of the word and the word of his power. It tells us that all things are upheld by the word of his power. Wow. Tremendous. You can just think about that for a long time, can't you? All things are upheld by the word of his power. All things upheld by the word of his power. You know, and, and again, you know, we make it personal. Some, some, so many times we feel that we need to take care of stuff and it's up to us and it's under our control and to be able to understand rest in, and even be able to rest. You're in control. You're in control of me. You're in control of my life, the details of my life. All that concerns me is upheld by the word of your power. Wow. Again, it, it, it takes the angst right out. You kind of just, you can feel it. You can just feel it. Leave, leave your, <laughs> yeah, angst. Yeah, vocabulary word. <laughs> takes it right out. And just all the anxiety and all the care that we would tend to, you know, exert and get stirred up about. We're going to have that in our lesson today. And it's a lifelong lesson, isn't it? We're walking with the Lord as we go through life. And we don't learn it all on day one. We learn it as we walk with him and as experiences come and we find ourselves in dangerous or ter- turmoil or, or whatever. And we learn. It's a learning process. And sometimes we don't do it. Well, sometimes we don't do the lesson well. <laughs> we don't get a good grade. Sometimes we get it and sometimes we don't. But we just keep, we get up and we, we, the Lord doesn't cast us off. He doesn't say, well, you know, you really blew it. And so, uh, you know, okay, like I've said to you before, you're on plan X, Y, and Z now because, you know, A, B, and C, you, you left a long time ago. No, the Lord picks us up and he says, okay, come on, let's try again. And he's patient with us. He's gentle with us and he keeps on working with us. And as we go to get it, that we can trust him. He's trustworthy. And, you know, we see it through the whole the whole Bible. We're talking about this a little bit yesterday. The Israelites, as we've said, and we said this many times in class before too, that you know God was always looking for them to believe that He was a good God, and that He was He was taking good care of them. He was looking out for them, and they never really got it. And that's our that's what He's looking for us to get too. That He's our God, and we're in relationship with Him, and He's trustworthy. And there's so much around us that's not trustworthy that that's why it makes it, it intensifies the, the difficulty to really get it because we're bombarded with a world that's, that's not trustworthy and so many situations. And so it makes us, it makes it harder, harder for us to really learn this that God is trustworthy, but He is. So praise God. It doesn't change. We are, uh, in the life of Jesus. And we're picking up today, we're going to just start in Luke 9 and verse 10. We read here, And the apostles, when they had returned, told him all they had done. Now remember, Jesus had sent them out. And he took them and went aside privately into a 
deserted place belonging to the city called Bethsaida. And when the multitudes knew it, they followed him. And he received them and spoke to them about the kingdom of God. He spoke to them. He took time with them. He spoke. We're, we're, we're focusing on his words. And what does he speak to them of? He speaks to them of the kingdom of heaven. He's trying to help them to understand where he came from and his father. He's trying to, through words, help them to understand. We saw that he did that, started to do that through stories, through parables, to try and help them to understand what were the parables for, to explain things about the kingdom of heaven, about his father's kingdom. He was passionately trying to portray to people, this is my father, and there's a, I'm a representative of his kingdom. There's another kingdom that we're living for. They remember were very focused on the kingdom they were in. They were had that they had Herod ruling over them. Herod was a dominant uh, force in their world. They could see his castle, and he was the the Roman rule was very prevalent, and they were felt oppressed by that. And Jesus comes and he says. It's about your heart and my father and his kingdom. And so we constantly see that that was very hard for them to grasp. But here Jesus takes time and he speaks to them about the kingdom of God. And then in this passage where we're at is where he feeds feeds the people. Now they like that, right? Uh, whenever, you know, my dad always used to say, if you want to get people to come, just have food. <laughs> have food. People come where there's food, right? <laughs> so food draws people. And um, <laughs> when Jesus feeds them, oh, the people like this. You know, they, and they, he, he takes a little bit of food and he multiplies it. This is, this is good stuff. They, they like this. They could follow this guy now because, you know, not only is he healing them and talking to them about heaven, that's all good, but now he's feeding us? Oh, now, now, now we're going in the right direction here. Okay, and we're going to come back to that thought. But then after Jesus feeds them, immediately, and now we're jumping over, I'm reading to you now from Matthew, Matthew 14, 22. Immediately Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side. And while he sent the multitudes away, And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. And we always see this in Jesus' life as just a little aside, not on, not on point necessarily, but, you know, Jesus was with the multitudes, spoke to them, ministered to them, then he would, he would go aside and he would pray, get in communion with his Father, refuel. Now when evening came, he was alone there, but the boat was now, he had sent his disciples in the boat to the other side, and here we come to one of these turmoil situations. Like we experience in our lives. But the boat was now in the middle of the sea, tossed by the waves, for the wind was contrary. Now in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled. And they said, oh, it's a ghost. They were scared. And and they cried out for fear. But immediately, Jesus spoke to them. Now Jesus speaks. And that's what we need. When we're in turmoil and we've got the waves pitching and tossing us to and fro, we need to hear Jesus speak, don't we? And what does he say? He doesn't say to them, you know, he doesn't scare them. He doesn't frighten them further. He doesn't say, man, you know, this boat's going down. (laughs) 
the negative confession. We've been talking so much about that. What, what do we do when, when things start to get tumultuous in our life? What do we say? I don't know what to do. I don't know who to turn to. This is bad. You know, I, I don't know if I'm going to make it. And I don't know how. You know, we have to be careful. We have to be careful what comes out of our mouth. I know whom I have believed. I know that God is able. I don't see how. It seems impossible. When we, like I said to you before, when we look this way, it seems impossible. But when we look this way, with God, all things are possible. And we never have to, we never have to eliminate God from the mix. He's right in our, in our mix. And so Jesus speaks to them. And he says, be of good cheer. How could they be a good cheer? They, they, they feel like they're about to die. Like the boat is killing them here. He says, it's me. Don't be afraid. And you know, sometimes in our tumult, the waves don't stop and the tumult doesn't stop immediately. But Jesus says, I'm here. I'm with you. Be of good cheer. You're not, you're not going down without me. <laughs> so Peter says, of course, Peter is the mouth speak, mouthpiece, right? He says, Lord, if it's you, command me to come to you on the water, if it's you. <laughs> he sees Jesus coming on the water, and he says, if that's really you. But he speaks, doesn't he? He speaks his, he speaks his, his, his doubts. And Jesus doesn't rebuke him for that. He says, come. He says, come. And wonderful invitation that Jesus always extends to us. is always open. Oh, come. Come. He never turns us away. He's always, he's always saying, come. He wants us to come to him. And when Peter had come down out of the boat, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. Wow. But when he saw the wind was boisterous, he was afraid and began to sink and he cried out saying, Lord, save me. And there again, we have that, right? We can focus on what's going on all around and it's very scary and very, we kind of lose our balance. But when we focus on Jesus, he's the one who says, come. And he immediately, Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him and said, oh, you have little faith. Why did you doubt? And so we have a lesson there, right? This is what Jesus says. Don't doubt. Trust in me. I'm trustworthy. I'm trustworthy. It's hard. This is not easy stuff. It's easy to talk about. It's a great story. But in our living... When, when we're between a rock and a hard place, it's not easy to do this. And none of us, you know, none of us are exempt from life's turmoils and storms and, and stuff that happens. None of us. We all go through, through stuff like this. But the comfort is Jesus is there to speak peace to our hearts and to say, don't be afraid. Trust me. I'm trustworthy. I'm with you in this. And, you know, when we, come into that rest. We start to believe. You know, God has, has, we, we see three solutions or five solutions. And well, it could be this, it could be this, it could be this, it could be this. But then when we bring God in, he opens up a whole new avenue. He has an answer that never even crossed our minds because he's God. And he, and, and he's not in our little box. He has bigger and better solutions. And he has wisdom that that is out of this world. It's, it's wonderful. Sometimes has I'm sure if we went around the room, we could all share how in a time where we didn't know, we were beside ourselves almost, not knowing what to do. And all of a sudden, when we allow God to, 
calm our spirits and hearts and listen for his voice, why all of a sudden he gives us a little thought that it's like a golden key that like is the solution and, and, and brings an answer that's, that was, was not in our radar, not on our radar at all. And, and, and that's wonderful. That's, that's who he is. And so that's hopefully as we walk with God, as we grow, there comes more, more rest, more peace, more trust. You're trustworthy. Okay. Here we are. We're in another storm, but you're trustworthy. I know that you have a solution. I know that somehow you're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna stop this, this, uh, storm. And so Jesus says, why did you doubt? And when they got it, when he got into the boat, the, when Peter and Jesus got back into the boat, what happened? The wind ceased. The wind ceased. And those who were in the boat came and worshiped him saying, truly, you are the son of God. When they saw how Jesus handled the storm, it caused them to worship. And so his words brought comfort, caused the storm to stop, and it's a wonderful example we can learn from. And so may we learn it, because it's not easy, and we have many opportunities in our lives to learn it. Just have to ask him to help keeping us learning and going forward, right? They say when you stop learning, then it's over, so we don't want it to be over. (laughs) want to keep learning and growing and going forward with Jesus. All right, then what happens is, um, of course, the people are seeking him out because he had fed them. And more people came, and on the following day, now we're going to jump over to John 6 here, because, again, like I said, I have the chronological, so it kind of meshes everything together here. John 6, 22. And on the following day, when the people who were standing on the other side saw that there was no boat there except the one that his disciples had entered, and Jesus had not entered the boat, but his disciples had gone away, so then the people go looking for him. And Jesus says to them in verse, I think it's 26, Most assuredly, I say to you, you seek me not because you saw the signs, but because you ate of the loaves and were filled, because you got full full tummies. Do not labor for the food which perishes, perishes, but for the food which endures to everlasting life, which the Son of Man will give you, because God the Father has set his seal on him. And then they said to him, What shall we do that we may work the works of God? Jesus said to them, This is the work of God that you believe in him whom he sent. And so then they keep going. They're, they're trying to get him to make more bread for them. What sign will you perform then that we may see it and believe you? What work will you do? Our fathers, now look, listen to what they tell them. Our fathers, they ate manna in the wilderness. <laughs> hint, 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 hint. <laughs> Jesus said to them, most assuredly, I say to you, Moses did not give you that bread. My, that bread came from heaven. My father gives you the true bread from heaven, speaking of himself. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Wow, what words? What words? Those are words that, that we can feed on, truly feed on. Then they said to him, Lord, give us this bread always. Jeez, they were thinking of natural bread, of course. And Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall never hunger. He who believes in me shall never thirst. But I said to you that you have seen me and yet do not believe. All that the Father gives me will come to me, and those who come to me I will by no means cast out. For I have come down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. 
This is the will of the Father who sent me, that all he has given me, I should lose nothing, but should raise it up at the last day. And this is the will of him who sent me, that everyone who sees the Son and believes in him may have everlasting life, and I will raise him up at the last day. So then the people, they're like, "Mm, we want food, you know. (laughs) They complained. And they're trying to figure this out now with their natural mind. How can he be the bread? How can we eat him? And Jesus goes on and he, he explains it a little more. And let's just read it because it, because it, it makes sense. What we're coming to, it, may, it helps make sense. So the Jews complained about him. This is verse 41 in John 6. Because he said, I am the bread which came down from heaven. And they said, is not this Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How is it then that he says, I have come down from heaven? You see what their words are? Their words are not words of faith, are they? They're words of disbelief. They're words of, who who does this guy think he is? And so again, you know, based on our temperament, we have a certain way of expressing ourselves, and we have to to pay attention to that. That's hard to pay attention to, because that's just who we are. The Lord can help us, even though our temperament may be negative. Some people, that's just the way their temperament is. But, as we come under the control of the Holy Spirit and allow the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts over and over and over again, we can learn. We can learn to, 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 to do things differently. They're saying, you know, well, we know who this is, you know, and, and again, looking at it in the natural, in the natural, and we're, that's where we need that renewing of our mind. And Jesus says to them, don't murmur among yourselves. No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him. And I will raise him up at the last day. It is written in the prophets, and they shall all be taught by God. Therefore, anyone who has heard and learned from the Father comes to me. Not that anyone has seen the Father except he who is from God. He has seen the Father. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me has everlasting life. I am the bread of life. Your fathers ate the man in the wilderness and are dead. This is the bread which comes down from heaven that one may eat of it and not die. Wow. I am the living bread. In other words, I'm the real deal. I'm the real bread. That's just, you know, the stuff you eat. I mean, we love bread, but uh, that's, that's, that's just imitation kind of he's saying here. I'm the real bread. I'm the real bread that feeds your spirit. I'm the living bread which came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. And the bread that I shall give is my flesh, which I shall give for the life of the world. The Jews therefore quarreled among themselves, saying, now look at what they're doing with their words. What are they doing? They're quarreling. They're quarreling. Again, we can spend a lot of time in our life, and people do, quarreling over the words of life. And sometimes it's not even over bad stuff. Sometimes it's just over the words of life. But that doesn't get us where we need to be, does it? <laughs> and the Jews therefore quarreled among themselves, happen this man give us his flesh to eat. Jesus said to them, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up at the last day. For my flesh is food indeed, real food, and my blood is real drink indeed. He who eats my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me, and I in him. As the living Father sent me, and I live because of the Father, so he who feeds on me will live because of me. This is the bread which came down from heaven. Not as your fathers ate manna and are dead. He who eats this bread will live forever. 
These things they said in the synagogue and he, as he taught in Capernaum. So here we see that he was teaching, he was speaking, he was his words, he was trying to get them to understand that they were life and that he was life. And what happens? What's the result of him trying to share this wonderful truth with them? Therefore, many of his disciples, when they heard this, said, This is a hard saying. Who can understand it? Or who can receive it? This is hard. You know, sometimes when we hear God's word, and we understand, we're starting to, I don't think it was that they did totally didn't understand it. What they were starting to understand, they didn't want to, they didn't want to believe that. They wanted a king to deliver them from Herod. They didn't want their hearts to be ruled over. They weren't, they weren't about what was in their hearts. They were about the natural. There's a hard saying. Who can understand it? And Jesus knew in himself that his disciples complained about this. There we have quarreling, complaining. Those are all words, right? Complaining, quarreling. Doesn't, it doesn't bring us where we want to be. I've said to you many times, as we speak, we create an atmosphere for our living and what, what happens around us. And that's either positive or negative. There's not a lot in between. And so here, as the people who had come and been fed naturally are hearing the spiritual truths imparted to them, as always, we have a choice, don't we? And they start quarreling and complaining. And he said to them, does this offend you? What then if you should see the Son of Man ascend where he was before? It is the Spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. The words, here we are. Here we are about the words. The words that I speak to you are spirit and they are life. They are spirit and they are life. The words. Jesus said it. Jesus said it himself. And they were quarreling and complaining. But there are some of you who did not believe, for Jesus knew from the beginning who they were who did not believe and who would betray him. And he said, therefore I have said to you that no one can come to me unless it has been granted to him by my Father. From that time, many of his disciples went back and walked with him no more. Wow. Then Jesus said to the twelve, do you also want to go away? Simon Peter says to him, Lord, whom shall, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Hallelujah. And so there we have. We have that choice. We have that continual choice. There's a lot of words in our world, as I've said to you before, probably more <laughs> more so than at any other time. We have all this social networking going on, and we have people tweeting and texting and and millions of stuff going out words 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 when they turn on the tv and they're 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 quarreling and, and and fighting and spinning and and words lots of words 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 here we've got it who shall we go to you have the words of eternal life you know we can run around we can spend a lot of time running around to one from one person to another good people sometimes run around from one good place to another, trying to hear, get another word and get another word and get another word. We need to go to the source. We need to go to the source, the word of God, and to Jesus himself and say, "You, have, where else am I going to go, Lord? 
I can run all around. This one says this. This one says that. You know, if you go to 10 different people, you get 10 different opinions or, you know, variations of it. And you can weigh it all. You know, that's what people do. Pros, and they make lists, pros and, and the cons. And that's not bad. I'm not saying that's bad. I'm just saying this might be better. You have the words of eternal life, Lord. I don't know what to do, but you have the words of eternal life for me and for my living. Speak to me. Let me hear your word. And that happens as we meditate in the word. As we meditate in the word, like Psalm 1 says, blessed is the man, blessed is the man who meditates in that word day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water, right? And so that's our life. That's where the word And the word instructs us and guides us and teaches us. But it's a choice. It's a choice. It's not something that we just float into. It's not a a state of, you know, uh, (laughs) it's a choice where we choose to read the word, understand the word, ask the Holy Spirit to make the word real to our hearts. as, As we understand it, we start to apply it. Those things go together, like I always tell you. God's part, God's word is there. Our part is to understand, come, come to it, ask the Holy Spirit to help us to understand it, and then to apply it to our life. Nobody else can do that for us. We have that choice continually to apply God's word to our lives, to be obedient to it. And that's ongoing, isn't it? And then Peter goes on. He says, also, we have come to believe and know that you are the Christ the son of the living God. So here the confession, and we talk about this a lot too. Um, we need to confess what we know to be truth. God, I know you're good. I know you love me. I know you care for the sparrows. Not a sparrow falls on the ground without your knowledge. I know you love me. I know this. And I, and according to his word, I know you're the son of the living God. I know you're in my life. I know your Holy Spirit is here to instruct me and teach me in the way I should go. And as we confess, what we know to be truth, it creates the atmosphere for God to, to perform the miracles and the things that need, need doing. And it releases us from the, from the burden and from the anxiety of, of doing it ourselves. And then Jesus says, and I choose 12 of you and one of you is, my Bible says is a devil. He spoke of Judas Iscariot, the son of Simon, for it was he who would betray him, being one of the 12. And of course, they didn't understand what he was saying at that point, but later they did. And then jump back to Matthew in Matthew 15. The scribes and the Pharisees were this 15:1, 15, 15, Matthew chapter 15, verse 1. The scribes and the Pharisees who were from Jerusalem come to Jesus saying, Why do your disciples transgress the tradition of the elders? For they do not wash their hands when they eat bread. Uh-oh, problem. <laughs> Whoa, we're touching the traditions, you know, those holy cows. And (laughs) lots of holy cows in everybody's past, right? With the religiosity and, you know, can't do this and don't do that and don't touch this. And, And Jesus said, why do you transgress the commandment of God because of your tradition? Uh oh, now he's meddling. They don't like this. For God commanded, saying, Honor your father and your mother, and he who curses father or mother, let him be put to death. But you say, and this is what they did. They took the commandments, and they they had added, remember we had that number 637 or 613 more 
additional ones, like you have to wash up to your elbow every time you you touch food and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Lots and lots and lots of rules and regulations. And here they had said, you know, uh, as long as you give give a gift, then, and, uh, um, you know, don't worry about what you, you do with your mother and father. You know, you can, but you say, whoever says to his father or mother, whatever profit you might have received from me is a gift to God. In other words, instead of taking care of your father or mother, if, if you give it to, to us, you give, give me your money, <laughs> you'll be blessed. <laughs> give me, don't we have a lot of that in our world? Give me your money and, you know, you'll be healthy, wealthy, and wise. Well, what does Jesus say about that? He says, these people draw near me with their mouth and honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. Wow. And in vain they worship me, teaching as doctrines and the commandments of men. Jesus wasn't about the traditions of the elders, was he? He wasn't about tradition. He wanted he wanted reality. He wanted truth. He wanted he wasn't interested in and there's another thing that goes along with our lips and our mouth and our words. Is that we could be saying one thing and our hearts could be in a totally different place. And this again, we have to keep it real. We are we're we're responsible for our own hearts. Where we're not just saying the right words but our heart is lined up as well. And that's that that we're each responsible for. Nobody can take care of that for you. We don't want to just be saying the right words. We want to be living it. We want it to be the truth of our heart, not just not just words. Because we've all seen and known people who said the right words, sounded good, but their motives and what they were really doing, then later it comes out. They're charlatans or they're living in a whole different different way. And, and so, you know, God is, Jesus was after truth. He was after the truth and speaking the truth and living the truth and, and being truth. And so we need to learn. We need to learn. And allow him to check up, you know, allow him in to say, Lord, if there's some place where I'm just going through the motions, saying the right words, but really not, you know, living that. Would you please show me? Really, would you please show me? Being honest before Him to say, Lord, teach me, show me. I don't want to be. I don't want to be double tongued. I don't want to be. I don't. I don't want to be like that. But maybe I am somewhere. Please show me the humility to put ourselves before Him and allow Him to correct us and say, Well, maybe over here, you know, you could do this differently. And he will. He'll instruct us. He'll teach us when we, if we give him the opportunity. But if we don't give him the opportunity, then we kind of are stuck. So, so they were, they were all concerned about this, you know, the disciples not washing their hands. And he says to them, he says to them, all too well you reject the commandment of God that you may keep your tradition. For Moses said, I read you some of that already. That, and then you no longer let him do anything for his father or his mother, making the word of God of no effect through your tradition, which you have handed down, and many such things you do. So what he's saying is there, they had the word of God. The, the religious leaders, they were the ones who had the word of God. The, the common people didn't have, like we all have a Bible, they didn't have it. The, the word of God, and they twisted it. To mean something that God never intended it to mean. And we have a lot of that in our world too. And we have to be careful, don't we? That we allow God to teach us what his word means. So that we don't twist it to mean something it doesn't mean. Or spin it. We live in a world where everything gets spun. 
many, many different directions. Well, you can spin the word of God to mean stuff it wasn't intended to mean to ask him to help us and be humble. Okay. Next story that we have in Jesus' life is of um, a woman who comes and cries out to him. This is back in Matthew 15, 21. And Jesus went from there and departed to a region of Tyre and Sidon. And a woman of Canaan came from the region and cried out to him, saying, Have mercy on me, O son of David. My daughter is severely demon-possessed. And it's a good prayer to pray. Have mercy on me, O Lord. It puts us again in the right position. Um, He's God, and we are not. And at first, it says, Jesus didn't answer her word. Wow. His disciples came and said, send this woman away because she's crying out after us. She didn't give up. And he answered and said, I was not sent except to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. She wasn't an Israelite, but she didn't give up. And this is a good lesson for us too. Sometimes the answer doesn't come as quickly as we would like to see it. We're an impatient people. We live in an impatient world where everything is Instant, 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 instant. If it's not instant, you know, (laughs) whoa, we're writing people off in the whole nine yards, right? She comes and she worships him. And she says, Lord, help me. He said, it is not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the little dogs. Wow, what an answer is right. And the Lord's, and, and she said, yes, Lord. She said, yes, Lord. She said, yes, Lord. Again. A choice. We have a choice. We can say, yes, Lord, or we can resist. Yet, she said, even the little dogs eat the crumbs which fall from their master's table. (laughs) She believed that he had the answer for her. And he was testing to see. He wanted to hear that. And he sometimes is testing our hearts to see what's in our hearts. What do we believe? What are we going to confess with our mouths? Jesus said to her, well, woman, great is your faith. Let it be to you as you desire. And her daughter was healed from that very hour. We come up in our lives to tests. And Jesus is listening to hear what what are we going to say? How are we going to handle it? He's anxious to give us the answer. But sometimes we need to know what's in our hearts. And he allows that, doesn't he? He allows that to happen for us. I think we'll end end with that with that thought today and so let's not let allow the word of god to be of no effect in our lives let's embrace it wholeheartedly allow the lord to show us where we may need to submit ourselves to his word and let it change us and instruct us and it's our life it's our life and so we keep walking walking with him walking in his word and my brother said yesterday, the best is yet to come. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Let's close in prayer, shall we? Thank you, Lord, for your word. We want to walk in your word. We want to bow at your word. We want to receive your word always. And we want to speak the truth and, and speak our faith. And we want you to know that we trust you, Lord. And we know you are trustworthy. So help us, Lord. Help us in our living, Lord. Thank you that you do. You never leave us comfortless. You always are with us in every storm and every vicissitude of life. And just help us to continue to walk humbly with you and be those people you've called us to be because your word is what works and changes lives. And we want others to see your word at work 
in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.